妈妈，谁谁？ Yeah, but、uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you better have a wife that makes you lose focus a little bit, Mama.、Mm. Well, I didn't mean to go to preaching on marriage and relationships. I got a little flustered here, but、um, glory to God. <laughs> well, praise God. I.、Uh, but I'm serious. I hope you're hungry tonight for the Word. You know, there's. I was talking to my brother, and well, for for those of you that may not know me, I'm just、uh, like Brother Jordan said. I'm not in full time ministry yet. I'm not a pastor yet, but、um, but you know, just want to do my part, and、uh, and that's why I love this group, because you know, I can. I I had pretty good time serving God as a teenager, but I. But any time you do anything for God, any season of your life, when you get past it, you can always look back and say, "What I could have done better," and and then you should really the. A, a real believer's heart should be that I'm now going to do everything I can to make sure someone else don't miss what I missed, that I'm going to do everything I can to help someone live and go beyond where I where I was, and and、uh, and that that really that should be that should be our heart. And that'll and you think about you begin to adapt that and adopt that as a、uh, as a way of life. You're going to make the church stronger when you think like that. Now it's not always our place to, you know, to tell everybody what to do. I'm not saying that, but I mean, if your heart is really to impart the wisdom of how someone can pass you up and pass up what you did for God in every single season of your life, then and you have a heart for that and you develop wisdom for that. You know, some people go through things in their life and they don't ever learn anything. <laughs> That's really sad. But、um, but praise God, we have the Word of God that helps us see. And gives us light to see, opens our eyes to see, and we can really go through things, and we can, we can,、uh, you know, serving and understanding the word, and having a heart for the word, will will cause us to go through life seeing, okay, where I missed it here, where I could have, what I could have had, and、uh, you know, like Pastor said, the word of God is a standard, you know, we're we're somewhere in that range, yeah, yeah. you know, but the word of God's a standard. We're going to preach the standard. It's like Dr. Summerall said one time. He said, "Every one of you could go home tonight." He said, "My whole church could go home tonight, and they all die. We'll wake up tomorrow and have they're all gone." He said, "You know what? I'm going to preach a message on healing the very next day because people and the way people live and what happens to people doesn't change God's word. Nothing changes God's word. He sealed it in the blood of Jesus. It ain't ever going to change. He ain't ever going to go back on it." He's not a man that he can lie. He's not going to back up. Well, praise God! I didn't even get in. I didn't even have an introduction planned. My goodness. Well, glory to God. We. I just had some things on my heart tonight, and、um, and I might kind of begin somewhat of a series. I'm not sure. I'll have to figure it out. But tonight, I just had some things、uh, on my heart that I just really felt was important. And I believe tonight, as we were just in praise and worship, you know, I just, I just thought of something that kind of came to me by the Spirit there. That you know, you want to know what faith is. Faith is not just coming and singing a song, like shouting to God, and and raising our hands, even though it's a part of it. But faith is living like that, living like that, living like the enemy's defeated, living like not just not just praising God here, raising our hands, but living like the songs we sing, living like the messages we preach. Living like that, living like that, glory to God. Living like that—that's what faith is. You want to live a life of faith? Just live the word. Live it. Live it like it's real. Get up every day and stand on it. 
Stand on it. Put more faith in that. Put more trust in that. Put more reliance on the Word of God than anything else. That's faith. That'll make you different. That'll make you different. But my God, the church ain't supposed to be just like everybody else. The church isn't supposed to be just the same as everybody else. The, the kind of, you know, we're, we got to think right about some things. But, you know, God does want to do special things. But at the same time, we just got to be a revival ourselves. Instead of just believing for a revival, we just got to go ahead and be one. Because if we just went ahead and just acted like the body of Christ, we'd be in revival, period. Period. It'd never change. It'd never change. We'd just be in some awesome things because God's always, God's always more willing to and able to do a lot more than what we're allowing Him to do a lot of times. Well, my, my, go to, go to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, praise God. I just believe tonight would just be a fresh touch from God. You know, just through the Word, through praise and worship, through everything. I've already been ministered to. And I just, sometimes you just got to make up your mind that you're just going to know God. You know, you just got to make up your mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fellowship with God. I'm not, you know, it's like, uh, for, and, and then do whatever it takes to get there. Do whatever it takes to get out of your head. Do whatever it takes to get out of your usual way of doing things, your rut. Do, do whatever it takes just to get out of whatever's keeping you from really knowing God. Just do whatever it takes. If you don't ever get to that point, then you're just not hungry enough yet. And uh, <laughs> I'll just drop the bomb on you. I don't, don't know if you realize that. My goodness, dropped a bomb on myself. <laughs> but uh, everybody, everybody do this. Do this. All right. Now now open your hands up real wide. Stretch them out. All right. Now, now do this. Do this. All right. Now just get ready. Tonight we're going to go through some word, all right? Just wanted to stretch your hands. There you go. Get ready. Isaiah 43, verse, 19, or verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. It shall spring forth. That, that's important. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, this here is a powerful scripture, and there's a lot I could say about it. And I, glory to God, 740. Well, <laughs> come on. I, uh, I don't have anywhere particular I need to get, but I want to make sure we get into some things tonight. So... Um, but this scripture is talking about a couple different ways we could look at, look at it. He's talking about the fact that, and we need to keep this, there's a principle here, but there's also something he's speaking about specifically. And specifically, he is talking about when he says, it shall spring forth. And he's also saying, I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When Jesus came, He gave us opportunity for the Spirit of God to dwell on the inside of us, to make us spiritually alive unto Him. And that's where it sprang forth. That's where the rivers in the desert began to come. 
when that, that time had never ever been had ever been before. The spirit of man had never been alive unto God like that. And there had never been a flow coming out of man, a flow from God, a flow of wisdom, a flow of joy, a flow of strength, a flow of peace. That had never happened before. Everything came from outside in. Nothing had ever come from the inside out before. And um, glory to God. And um, so he's prophesying here of that time. That's a new thing that had never been. That is the new thing. But at the same time, there's also a principle that God can do things and move in a unique way, and we have to be cautious that we recognize it. Dr. Jacobs would say it like this, that if you want to go somewhere in God that you've never been, if you want to go to a different place, if you want to just experience God in a way you never have, then you've got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for it. He said, Would you not know it? Would you not recognize it? Would you not even. Some people live and die and never know that God was doing anything. Coming to church three days a week, involved in their ministry of helps, and not even realizing what God's really wanting to do in their life. What a sad, sad thing. But I believe that this is a different group, that we're going to recognize it, we're going to see it. And I want to talk tonight, we're going to get into some things I want to talk. Unique, unique message probably for a, a fall quarry service where we have a lot of visitors coming and, uh, and more coming and more coming and more coming. Why? Because it's not about this awesome group even though we have an awesome group. It's about this becoming a bigger awesome group. You know, the Bible says in First John, and, and I know I'm off course, but I don't care. Um, he, uh, John said that the reason I wanted to come and preach Jesus to you so bad because I wanted to have fellowship with you. But he couldn't have fellowship of the Spirit with them because they didn't know God. He said, but surely our fellowship is of Him. He said, so I came to preach the gospel to you so that our fellowship could be of Him. So our fellowship together could be of Him. I love people and I want to fellowship with them, but I can't fellowship with most people because they're spiritually dead. They've got nothing to offer me. But I want to have spiritual fellowship. So the people I love, I'm compelled with the love of God to preach Jesus to them so that now we can have some fellowship of the Spirit. That's what the church is all about. That's what the church is really all about. That's what a move of God is really all about. Yeah. Church is, the church is a, just a big old party. Celebrating Jesus. Celebrating everything He done. Celebrating who He made you. Celebrating. You want to just keep everybody out and just party and be selfish? No, that ain't the way we're supposed to live. Well, praise God. I hope I helped you already. Already. Glory to God. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You know, it's going to spring forth. The move of God's going to come. When God's doing something, it's going to happen. But you don't have to be a part of it unless you want to be. You could miss it. You could get involved in doing your thing doing what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, and you'll just you'll get the fruit of that. That's why I preach on choices all the time. Because you're going to get the fruit of your choices. You're going to live in the fruit of your choices. Bottom line. Bottom line. But you can choose to be sensitive and to do whatever it takes to, to be aware of what God's wanting to do in you right now. And it may be different for Mike Manning than it is for Charles. It may be different for Olivia. 
than it is for Olivia. It might be different. It might be different. It might be different. What God's doing in you might be different. But it's still God moving. And you got to learn to be sensitive to it. And when you begin to do that, when you begin to get involved in what God's doing and sensitive to Him and letting Him help you and tweak you, like I said, the Word of God, it's going to bring correction to your life. It's going to make you a better you. And, uh, and it'll make the whole church stronger. It'll make the whole church stronger. So, um, praise God. You know, the Bible says in John 4, verses 12 and 13, that, that this, you know, Jesus said, you're going to drink out of this. You know, there's a day coming where you're going to drink from water, living water that's going to spring up in you into, into springing up into everlasting life. So with that said, and then also in John 7, speaking of the infilling of the Holy Ghost in verse 38, he said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Now that right there, that's his, when he talks about this new move of God and what he's prophesying about in rivers in the desert, that's the ultimate right there. So there's, we got to realize there's times when God wants to do something specific and He can move anytime He wants. He is God. And He has things that He is doing in a special way. But at the same time, we have to realize, go to Acts, go to Acts chapter 2. We have to realize that we are in the flow. We have the flow of God, the flow of His moving and His Spirit on the inside of us right now. And so we're, we are operating in newness and freshness and a flow of the Spirit of God right now. It's available to us right now. We, we cannot just be in a move of God, but we can be the move of God. We can be the move of God. And the more you want to be that, the more then you're going to do whatever it takes. The more you're going to decrease. See, John the Baptist said, I've got to decrease so that he can increase in my life. That may mean you have to care a little bit less about what people think of you than maybe than you used to, to be able to really please God, to move in all that He has, to be the flow. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna minister God's word and God's power, you're just gonna if you're really gonna be that way, you're gonna have to be bold in people's feelings and people's thoughts about you and even what people say about you. Eventually, that's just not gonna have to matter because if you make it matter, if you let it matter, it'll it'll stop you. And it stopped every one of us. Guarantee everybody's experienced that. I remember, I remember one time <laughs> going to a grocery store, and it happened twice in a row where I knew, I knew there was an anointing there to minister to someone, and I just let it walk right on by. And, and that happened twice in a row, and I told the Holy Ghost, I said, I'll never do that again. And so now whenever that happens, it may not, my flesh may not always like it, I may feel a little goofy. I may not know how to start a conversation. And, I'm, and then guess what? Because I don't know how to start a conversation, then sometimes I may look even more silly the way that I have to start a conversation. But I have to start one because I told God I'd never, I'd never grieve him like that again. Well, glory. Acts 2, verse 16. Well, let me explain here. There, uh, the Spirit of God just poured out with evidence of speaking in other tongues, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just pouring out, and they're, you know, the, the people in the world think that they're acting like drunk men. Well, if they thought they were drunk, then, of course, the Spirit of God moving on them was causing that effect. They weren't drinking. They weren't drinking of, of that kind of wine. And, uh, well, my, my. And, uh, 
But, but see, the, the world thought that that's what was happening. And Peter had to stand up in verse 16. Hmm. He had to stand up. I caught that. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter stood up and said, This, what you're seeing right now, this move of the Spirit of God, this is what he was prophesying about. So yeah, there's going to be moves of God and there's going to be times, but the, the, the moving of the Spirit and God being able to do what He wants to do when He wants to do it, couldn't have happened until this dispensation came. There was a time right here that came that He stood up and said, this is that. And, and let's read on and see what this is. The Spirit of God being poured out and the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the Spirit of God moving and, and falling on people and Him being in part of, being a flow out of us. In our spirits, a flow out of our belly is rivers of living water. Rivers of living water, like meaning that it's not over, but it's a constant flow, a steady flow. Verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. So he's saying this is that. This is starting right now. So we live in a time right now where God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. And our sons and daughters shall prophesy. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on spiritual things. These are spiritual things. These are not, these are not dreams like you think a dream is. This is not a vision. As you, this is not someone just getting up and sharing a cool poem. No, this is prophesying by the Spirit of God. That's what he's talking about. Not just a speech. He's talking about the Spirit of God moving on your sons and your daughters. Verse 18, And on your men servants and on your maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and, th- and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in, uh, in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke, and I'll stop there. But one thing that you have to realize, and I'm going to make a transition here in the message, uh, in my message of what we're talking about, that when he keeps saying, Your sons, your daughters... Your young men, your old men. He's talking about a family. And he's talking about the family of his church. He's talking about a family. He's talking about a group of believers that is a part of his church, what he's doing on the earth. I don't have time to go back and teach it tonight, but Brother Jordan has done an awesome job. There's only one thing he's building on the earth today. There's only one thing that he's all about. There's only one thing that that God is eating, sleeping, and breathing, and thinking, and dreaming all the time, and that is his church. And the, the world's too big for us to be completely all united as one. So it was what God has done, and we're going to look at it. But He set ministry gifts into the body as it pleased Him. And, he, and He's what He did. He built these local facilities that we call the church, and He set a pastor or a shepherd in those places to help us, to feed us, to strengthen us, to lead and to guide and to keep you safe and to keep you feeding over spiritually in a place that's going to bring protection to your life and keep you out of trouble and keep you thinking right and keep you moving right. And so I want to talk to you tonight, even though it's a unique, maybe a unique message to have on a Thursday night to a bunch of 12 through 24 year olds but I don't care we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the house of God we're going to talk about his church and we're going to talk about having a shepherd tonight and um because you got to find your connection I I and 
you know, you can, you can try to say whatever you want to say about, oh, well, I'm just in, I'm in God's family and I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm my own church and this and that. I've, I've already, I've already, I've, I've been around enough. I'm only 31, but I've been around enough. Uh, you can't tell me that, that garbage. And, uh, you know, I even, and, and don't, uh, don't read too much into this, but I, I, I've been there and I know that there's a lot of ministries. I've seen people that were no doubt, they were no doubt men and women of God. And I've seen people connected to those people for years and years and years and years. And then some, here comes a time that they get released to go and to serve God and to do things, get released in the ministry, whatever. And I've seen their life still be scattered. It wasn't scattered before. What happened? That person may have been a man or woman of God, but they weren't shepherding their life or they would have had different fruit. They may have been an apostle. They may have been an evangelist. They may have been an anointed teacher. But they were not anointed to be their shepherd or there would have been different fruit. There would have been different fruit out of that. Or there was a connection on the person who was following. There's always a connection issue on that end too. There's always something there. There's always something there. That you've got to make a decision on your side. It's on your end. That you're going to follow and be a good follower. Praise God. There's, it's mutual faith. There's someone leading, and they, but they got they to do their part and be a real shepherd, be a real man and woman of God, be a real feeder, be a real helper to you. But then you got to also, uh, you got to do your part. You got to do your part to actually be the real, a real follower, a real shepherd, or I mean a real sheep. And uh, so let's look at some things real quick. Glory to God, I could just kind of share out of my heart and just kind of get lost and I don't want to do that I want to stay focused on the word um, and I was talking to my brother a couple of weeks ago I think we may have been ministering at the detention center I can't remember the, all the details but he made a great statement he said you know he was talking about deliverance and, and things and he made an awesome statement he said you know he just uh, talking in third person here is what my brother said he said, you know, that his deliverance didn't come by specifically just coming up and letting pastor lay hands on him, cast the devil out of him every time that he, you know, that he got, you know, because in that time he was engrossed in extreme drug addiction and everything else that comes with that, you know, you just fill in the blank. And, uh, and coming out of that, that, you know, it took some time to get his flesh under control. But he said, you know, of course he let pastor minister to him and lay hands on him and do everything that, you know, take authority over evil spirits that had been, you know, involved in that kind of activity, of course. But he said is what brought his deliverance, is what brought his change was day after day, service after service, coming and setting under the word. Setting under the word is what brought the change, is what brought the deliverance, is what brought the foundation to stand on, foundation to live his life on, was service after service coming and hearing the word. <laughs> Dr. Summerall tells a story about being in uh, Manila, Philippines <laughs> and this guy, he's walking down the, the aisle to come to preach and this gentleman stops him and says, Pastor Summerall, he said, a uh, quick word of prayer. He said, uh, service was starting and my house was burning down and I had to leave. I left it with the neighbors for them to make sure everything got taken care of but I, I didn't want to miss church. I didn't want to be late so if we could pray with, about that, that'd be just because he's like, you're talking about like a little fire, you know, like a candle got out. No, no, the whole thing was ablaze. But uh, I didn't want to miss church. <laughs> That's a true story. 
<laughs> and uh, well, praise God. We think uh, we think we're radical here just because, you know, I don't know. We gave up a meal to go to church or something, or we were a little sleepy and we got up anyway to come to church. <laughs> this guy left his house; it was burning down. And of course, no one could tell it like Doctor Doctor Summerall. You have to hear the story, but but uh, but see, there's an emphasis here on being involved in this church family, in this family, what God's doing. You, you here. And, uh, and see, he was, he was speaking. He was speaking to those who were going to go out and, and build God's church. And um, glory to God. So we're not full of renegades. God wants to move in a way that's connected here, connected here. And every church has a flow of God. Every church has a family, has a shepherd. At least they should. And uh, some people just start things out of flesh, and God's not in the middle of it. But uh, there's real shepherds that God sets into the body of Christ that we need to, you need to find your shepherd. You need to find your connection. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, go to go to Ezekiel 47. Nobody was expecting Ezekiel and uh, 47. I'm going to start in verse 1. And this is uh, Ezekiel's having a vision of this temple. And this is several chapters long. This being, an angel, keeps coming to him with this measuring stick. And it's measuring everything out. And uh, verse 47, or um, chapter 47, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold. This is the temple. And remember I talked about that we're not just in a revival... We're not just in a move of God, but we also, we are a move of God. Okay, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that you, your body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple of where God is moving today. Now, the Bible also says in 1 Timothy three fifteen that we should know how to conduct ourselves in the house of God, which is His church. Okay, so the, the, you're the house of God, but also you collectively make up His body, which is also the church which is the, the house of God. So we could look at this both ways. So we're looking at the temple. Flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, f- for the front of the temple faced east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar, where God's moving. God moves in the altar. The end of verse 2. Um, and there was water running out of the right side. Verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand and he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Started off at, a, at maybe a little bit lower level. V- verse 4, again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Now this 1,000 measurements and all this stuff could represent things. I don't know what it represents. I don't care. But there's a principle here. And I don't mean that disrespectfully towards the word. I'm just saying that I want to emphasize on the principle that it's increasing. In the end of verse 4, the water came up to my waist. So it went from ankle to his knees, now it's to his waist. Verse 5, and again he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could, that could not be crossed. And uh, see this flow coming out of the church 
got deeper and deeper and deeper. It was a progression. It was a progression. And so, glory to God. We need to, we need to continue to make the corrections in our life, the connections in our life, that cause the flow to get deeper and deeper. And, uh, you know, I have a pastor, and that's probably been one of the greatest connections ever in my life. And also, a couple years ago, I experienced the joy of being connected to my wife in covenant, in agreement, in marriage. And, uh, you know, that, that connection is so important to making you stronger. And you got to make sure you get the right connection, the one that makes you stronger, one that causes this flow to get deeper. And uh, praise God, I know the flow of God in my life has gotten a lot deeper because my wife helps me. My wife helps me. And uh, praise God. Um, but we need, to, we need to do the things in our life that are creating and helping and uh, causing this flow to get, get deeper. You know, the, uh, there's, uh, you know, to be ready for the move of God, to be ready for what He's doing, one thing that I think about is creating atmospheres. And you know those men that had their friend on a he was paralyzed and on a, on a pallet or his bed, and you know they they created an atmosphere for him. He may not have had much faith, we don't know, but his friends did. They they couldn't even get in the room where Jesus was, so they went up on the roof and tore up the tile. They tore off the roof of a building to lower in a man so that he could get healed. How I many know that's faith? They would have been extremely disappointed if they would have done all that work and then lowered him down and Jesus said, I think I'm going to go get a sandwich. I'm done. No, they had faith. And Jesus was impressed by their faith. And he had the goods to get it done. And he still has the goods to get it done. And he paid for us to have the goods to get it done. He paid for it once for all for you to receive healing of anything at any time. Glory to God. And uh, hallelujah. Well, I'm just having a good time up here tonight. Um... Glory to God. I got all my pages tonight in my notes. I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Last time I did too, but I had them numbered wrong. And uh, glory to God. Let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. I told you I got some, got some verbiage tonight. I got some verses, some word on it. That's the only thing that's going to make any difference in your life is the word. And you know, I don't want to have... Um, like Brother Jordan said, you know, we need information probably more than we need inspiration. You know, I've, 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 I, and that's another thing I've noticed a lot of, there's a lot of ministers that may have the ability to just pump you up and inspire you, but really what a shepherd's going to do, and he may have a little bit different flow. He may preach, he may teach, he may be a little different than some, but the whole emphasis there is a, a shepherd's really going to feed you the Word of God. And whether they preach or whether they teach, they're going to be somebody who can put something in you. And, and, uh, and I, you know, always be a little cautious or learn to recognize. Let me say it like that instead of being cautious. Let me say it like recognize men and women of God who maybe just inspire and pump up, but be just, just, uh, just observe if there's ever anything really being put into somebody. Well... Praise God. Just trying to help you tonight. And um, glory to God. Um, glory. All right. Let's, uh, 
I told you 1 Corinthians 12, right? Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. Just as it pleased Him, the members. Now that includes the leaders and that includes you. That includes a five-fold ministry, and we're going to look at that in a minute. Uh, I've just got a lot of scriptures, and we're just going to look at them for a little bit, and we may have to just continue on this a little bit next week. But, uh, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And uh, let me just take that a little further. Is That includes everything that you got on the inside of you, all of the equipment, all of the things that God has predestined for you to do, all of the things in your future. God has put those things in you to help somebody else, to, to be a part of, his, of what He's doing, of what He's building in the earth today. You're a part of something a whole lot bigger than yourself. You're a part of something a whole lot bigger than yourself. But it's important the fact that you bring everything you've got and everything that God's given you. And it's important that you find your place where you need to be doing what you're supposed to do so that you don't miss out on things, so that you don't miss out on what God's doing. Finding your place. You know, every time Dr. Dufresne comes here and he talks about the reason why most of the body of Christ are not living in all that God's got for them is because they're, not, they're, they're in the wrong place. They got offended, so they left. Or they, or they got in sin, and then they had to leave there and, and, and all of that. And, and that's why they're missing it. Because people are not, they're just not, they're not doing it the God's way. You know, the Bible says in Job that you have to agree with God. If you're going to do things His way, you, got, you have to agree with God. You have to do it His way for it to work. You have to do it His way for it to work. But, uh, but every time Dr. Dufresne talks about that, and, and I, get, I get pricked on my insides and my spirit, on my insides, that, uh, that uh, to get more connected. It, it, my spirit confirms what he's saying. That I need to, I'm looking for ways where I can get more connected. Into, into me being a part here of this church, me being a blessing and supply to my pastor, and also me receiving properly of the gift that God's given me. I'm looking. I'm looking. How can I, how can I take better advantage of this relationship? Not in a, and I don't mean that like I'm taking advantage of my pastor. I mean this is God's plan and God's system is something He birthed in the earth, and I want to make sure I'm taking proper advantage of it so I'm getting all everything out of it that I can and, uh, and see, that's important that we think like that. And, you know, if you don't get that kind of confirmation in your spirit, then you, you, something needs, you need to do a little checkup. You need to make sure you're in the right place. I'm not saying anybody here is in the wrong place. But I'm just, it's important that you find your connection. It's important that you find your shepherd, those who are supposed to feed your life, and spiritually lead you and protect you. And we're going to look at some things. Go to Acts 20. 28. So God's doing this. God's setting you in the body as He pleases. And it'll be confirmed in your spirit because anything God does, He's going to confirm it in your spirit. Not in your head, not in your flesh, not in, not in that, uh, the boy across the hall or the girl on the, other, on the praise team winking at you and, uh, or whatever she's doing. She ain't right. And uh, I'm not talking about anybody specific. <laughs> but... Uh, um, Glory to God. But Acts, where did I tell you to go? 20. Acts 20. Thank you. I turned to the wrong chapter. Acts 20, verse 28. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in all the, all the whole Bible, but I could say that about 
150 other passages of Scripture. But, um, and, I, and I mean that, they're all my favorite. But, um, and we're going to look at, we're going to look at verse 28, but just in verse 17, if you ever want to go back and look at this, and I miss, I miss Sean Pearson right now. I keep looking this way, and I'm expecting somebody pulling on me, and they're not pulling on me over there. I'm missing. That's why I keep going that way. Not that you guys, you guys are okay. You guys are good, but um, you guys are good, but he, he's just pulling on me, and I wasn't feeling that from over there. I just wasn't feeling you guys pull on me like he would. I'm teasing. Well, come on. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying I missed him. I miss his spirit. But, uh, well, come on. <laughs> well, this uh, verse 17 sets us up that, uh, that the Apostle Paul, he knows that some things coming. And he knows that he's going to go to Jerusalem and he's not going to see these ministers anymore. And so this is, some, this is a time where he's got to put something in them now because he's not going to see them again. And so he calls for the elders of the church, which we know are the pastors, the leaders. And there may have been, this was a region, so there may have been just more than one church represented here. But it was definitely the church of Ephesians um, in Ephesus there. Um, but, uh, but he's got to put something in them, so he calls for the leaders because they can affect those when they go back to the church. They can affect those. So he's going he's gonna to put something in them here in verse 28. It's, it's, it's his last thing he's going to say to them. It's his last thing he's going to see him. Now, he's not an actual pastor. The Apostle Paul is an apostle, and he's a prophet. And so we're going to look at these five-fold ministry gifts a little bit, and, and, and maybe in the next couple of weeks. But this is, he's going to put something in these pastors because they can affect the sheep. And he's telling them in verse 28, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit, now see, the Spirit of God set us in the body, as pleased him, so as uh, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's talking to these pastors, these leaders, overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Now, there's a lot we could say about this, but if you're in the body of Christ and you've been purchased with his blood, he's got a leader, a shepherd, somebody for you that he put in the body for you to be an oversight in your life, to be a shepherd in your life. Some of you, when I say those words, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. So let's look at it. Um, an overseer um, basically just means in charge of. One, one, one uh, meaning there is a superintendent. They're helping you. Now, this not, no, I'm not saying you're not in charge of your own life. They don't tell you where to shop and what refrigerator to buy and what you know where to go to what what kind of degree you're going to get yeah, that's that's not that's stuff that you got to you got to learn to be led by the spirit and all of that but see that they're there as a, as a to guide the spiritual course of your life of what mainly what kind of feeding and spiritually feed spiritual feedings getting put into you what what kind of information anointed information anointed revelation that you're hearing to make sure that you've got the tools to be the kind of believer you need to be and that's what I'm talking about is oversight. And see, if they're the right oversight and they're flowing with God, then they go a certain direction. And then guess what? If you're following them properly, then you're going that direction. And our pastor is real important and, and, and makes it important to be led by the Spirit. So guess what? As a church, we're going to be led by the Spirit if we're following properly. We're going to be people that, uh, that have a good reputation in our community. Because that's something our pastor is all about. That's a direction he's going. 
So therefore, if we're following, we're going to have a good reputation. Our pastor's all about having a strong marriage because the Word of God says that you should and that you can. So guess what? If we're following, then our marriages are going to be strong. Our pastor is, is going the direction of living clean and living holy. Then guess what? If we're following properly, then we're going to live clean and live holy. See, it's what it's uh, it, the the Bible says, and we'll look at it. But he said the, the shepherds are to be examples to the flock. So it's not just what you hear, but it's also what you see, and you can see an example of the word not just being taught to you, but also being lived out for you. You can see it, and you can say, Ah, the Bible talks about Abraham said he walked in the steps of faith. You can see someone walk in the steps of faith, and you need to see someone walk in the steps of faith so that you can follow. I am helping you so much tonight. I'm not saying nothing to bragging way. It's the Word that's helping. It's not me. It's the Word. But therefore, take heed to yourself. That means pay attention. Pay attention to who? Yourself. Not to anybody else. Oh, I'm not, they're, not, they're, they're, they're not following over there. They're, they're, they're not, that, that guy ain't a real pastor anyway and this and that. No, you keep, keep your own backyard clean. Take heed to yourself. Make sure you're, you're connected properly. Make sure you're getting out of this relationship what you need to be getting out of this relationship. I'm telling you, this will change your life because sometimes we've got to swallow our pride to flow with another man and another woman of God and to say that I don't know it all and someone I need, someone, I need to connect to something that's going to help me. I need to connect to something that's going to allow God's life to get in me and to wash over me and to change the way I think and change the way I act and to help me. I'm not strong enough to do it on my own. And guess what? I'm not doing all that great, so I need to be taught. I need to get in and help get someone to help me figure this out that's that's that'll change your life that'll change that'll make you more valuable to the flaky people you work with or the flaky people you go to go to school with almost said go to church with <laughs> well that might, well praise god that too maybe i've been around long enough to see some of those come and go and some of them stay mm-hmm. yeah well praise god well, glory to God. <laughs> Sorry, I'd be a little silly tonight, but I've been a little silly lately. The past couple times I preach uh, to shepherd. Now, this is—he's saying they're going to shepherd. This is something they're going to do, not just something they are. This is something they're going to do. You've got to shepherd them, shepherd this body of Christ. This is something important to God. He paid for it with His own blood of His Son. With the blood of His Son, He paid for you to be in His family and to have a shepherd and an oversight in your life spiritually to help you grow up, to help you uh, progress in life, to help you live in revival and be the revival. And so this word shepherd means to tend or to, uh, as a, to tend as a shepherd or a supervisor, to feed, to rule. And I was just thinking, and I kind of made mention of this, but... Man, when, when, a, when a pastor's properly feeding you, one thing they're doing is they're bringing you into a place where they kind of show you what you can eat of, what you can feed on. And see, that protects you because you end, up, you end up learning what's sound doctrine and what's not. And it becomes something that you just continue to do over and over and over, and it becomes a way of life where you, you grow up. You know the kind of things you shouldn't touch. You know the kind of things you should just go ahead and indulge on. You know that... and see. It just—it's a—it's a progress, and the, a, a shepherd will continue to lead you on a path, just like a shepherd leads his sheep. Glory to God. 
I don't know if you know this about actual sheep because the Bible compares us to sheep a lot of times as far as his church family. Your sheep cannot be driven. They, they will lock up on you and they will not move. You cannot drive a sheep. You can't beat a sheep. They won't move. They won't go. They won't, they won't progress in life. You have to lead them. You have to lead a sheep. And that's why they have sheep dogs and that's why the shepherd walks and the sheep follow. You can't drive a sheep. You can drive cows. But you, can't, but, you can't, but you can't drive a sheep. You can't do it. They'll lock up on you. They'll, they'll run away. They'll fall off the cliff. <laughs> I mean, they'll do whatever. And they will. They, you can't drive a sheep. It won't work. It won't work, especially as a family. As a, as a, as a, as a, as a family of sheep, you can't drive them. They won't, it won't progress. It'll be too hard. They'll scatter. They'll scatter. We're going to get there eventually. <laughs> well, let's go to 1 Peter 5. Well, I got a few more minutes, and I just want to put a few more scriptures into you. Glory to God. It's important that we realize this, and that, like I said, it's not about worshiping a man or a woman. It's not like that. It's the fact that this is something God designed. We need to make sure we're getting as much out of it as we can, and that we're treating it with the right kind of respect. And really, to move in, to move in anything, the way that God really wants you to, there's something you're going to have to develop. And, it, and, it, and it's a word that the Bible calls honor. And that's what you're going to have to, to get anything from God and to get out of, out of what He planned, the systems that He put into play, in place in this earth through His word, those things that He put into action and put into motion, the only way you're going to properly get out of them what you need to is to understand honor. And uh, not, uh, not just not just doing something because oh I got to do it no but having a, an attitude of honor I honor what well, I honor God and his word and that his church this is his plan like brother Sean was talking about that uh, if you're going to you're going to hurt God's church then you're not in love and you're not in the love of God and your selfishness or something else has gotten in the way of that and and that's a dangerous place to be you know, I may, I, may, I may spiritually judge some things in other camps of believers that maybe teach things a little different, but I love them. I'm not going to say anything against them. I'm not going to try to hurt them. And I'm not, if someone feels like they're connected to someone, I'm not going to come against that. Period. Whether I think it's right or not, I'm not going to drive a wedge between someone connecting and following someone that they believe God put over them. Whether it's right or not, I don't care. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to drive a wedge between somebody and who they're connected to because that's something God put in place or it may not be something God put in place. It's not my, that's, not my, that's not me to judge. That's not mine to touch. But that's the body of Christ and I'm going, to, I'm going to leave them alone. I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that. Denominational people that may just continue. If they'll let me help them, I'll help them. But if they just continue, really is what they need. They just need to see the real Jesus over here and say, wow, what I've finally been looking for. That's what they need to do instead of us bashing them and accusing them and all of that. That's not, that's not, that's not loving his family. That's not loving his church. That's not loving his bride. Like Brother Jordan's mentioned several times, you don't talk about another man's wife. You don't do that. You don't talk about my bride. I'll have you up against the wall. And well, but I'm serious. I'm serious because it's important to me. It's important to me. And and the thing is, you don't you don't do that to Jesus' bride. But it's really what he wants. To, what the what the church wants to see is they want to see someone who's an example. 
They want to see someone who's living, who's living life with some power, with some results. And, uh, well, praise God. Uh, glory to God. I know a little somber tonight, but it's all right. It's good. Verse, uh, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. The elders are the church. These are pastors, and uh, I don't have time to break down into all that, but a lot of the early church, when they recognized who God was setting up as a pastor, maybe they needed some maturing or, or they didn't have it all figured out quite yet, and so they would elect the elders, people with some wisdom, to be the pastor. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a, wit- and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed... Verse 2, shepherd the flock, feed, tend as an overseer, as a shepherd, as a leader, as a guide, as a help, as an example. Even, and I didn't get time to get into it, but the Bible even says that they will warn you. A shepherd will be anointed. They See, this is something God put into place, and He put these gifts in them. He put equipment in them to properly equip them. We didn't get a chance to look in Ephesians, but verse uh, chapter 3 and 4, you're getting there tomorrow or this week. So get into it and look at it, and we, we'll probably go back there and look at it again because I'm not going to get really where I wanted to tonight. But, uh, but verse 2, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, there it is again, not by compulsion, but willingly, not uh, for dishonest gain, not just, not just a hireling, like I'm just here to do a job, work a job as your pastor, you know, put something in an offering plate, give me a salary, make sure I got a nice car in the driveway, and I'll be a really good pastor to you. No, that's not the attitude. That may be part of it because, again, we're wanting to properly honor this relationship, but at the same time, that's never a true shepherd's attitude. Now, they're wanting to do this because this is what God purchased with his own blood they want to be the best that they can be they're not perfect and guess what uh, there's a big difference between a 50 uh, a pastor who's been in it for 50 years and a pastor who's been in it for 10 years there's a lot of knowledge there a lot of things they've seen and we have opportunity with the pastors that we have having so much experience that we can get things just from setting under them that can put us 10, 15 years ahead of some pastors who have been in it 10 or 15 years. And we could, and not saying everybody here is going to be in the ministry, I'm just saying even some of you have more equipment in you, more knowledge in you, and more wisdom imparted into you than most pastors who have been in it for a while. Just saying. And, uh, but see, that's not their heart. So, verse 3, nor as being lords over them, taking advantage wrongly of this relationship, saying, oh, give me, give me this or that, you know, uh, you know go, go do this, go do that. You know, Pat, Dr. Dufresne always talks about, you know, ministers prophesying money into other bank accounts they have. You know, give to this church over there. Well, that church over there is not really a church. It's just a business set up to fund this guy. Eh, and stuff kind of goes on, goes on like that. But, but uh, verse 3, nor, nor being lords over them, or those, nor being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade. So Jesus is the chief shepherd. And he set up shepherds under him to feed and shepherd his flock and to, and to be examples. Glory to God. I need to get into something real quick. Go to Hebrews 13. I know I told you to get ready to turn. I hope those finger exercises worked out for you. Hebrews 13, verse 17. This scripture is so serious. <laughs> it's just so good. It is. It's so good. Now see, you got to realize 
that if you think what I'm talking about tonight, if you think this is good and this is helping your spirit, then, then you're a different kind of person. You're a different kind of person that's thinking that I'm looking for, I'm looking for a connection of someone who can help me grow up. That's different. Most people don't think like that. Most people want the pulpit or want to be on the praise team or want to, want to get something out of it. But your, your first response has to be, man, I want to give myself to this so that I can learn and so that I can grow up. I want to be a part of what God's doing. There's a lot of good churches all over the earth. This is, we're, not, we're, not the, we're not the only one. We're not the exception. This is something that God is doing. This is something God's in, and it's His plan. Right. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you. That's, that's the, uh, that oversight or that shepherd. Um, the actual Greek meaning there is lead. Those who lead over you. And be submissive. Basically saying, have the right attitude here. Receive this connection. We could say it like that. For they watch out for your souls. They watch out for your souls. I think the Amplified there may even mention something about warning. But for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. And see, Jesus paid for this thing with his own blood. And these shepherds are going to have to give account. This is a very important thing. This is a very very costly thing this is very valuable to God and these shepherds should want to be real shepherds and pastors and I know that in this flock here we have real pastors because we've seen seen their fruit proven out and see this produces this relationship will produce a safe place, a safe church family why? because they're watching out for your souls, watching out for you now, number again, they're not going to be your buddy and follow you ever, everywhere you go, but see what they're presenting from the front and then also the, the, the ability to have, a, uh, to have some time where you talk to them or run something by them or they just, just seeing your face and, and that gift begins to operate and they'll know some things because they're watching and they'll see some things trying to get on you, trying to pull you down, trying to cover you up and they'll recognize that and minister to you at times. Say something that just needed to be said. Maybe, maybe by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, but maybe just by the inspired preaching and teaching of the Word of God. It's going to help you. And it's going to... Pastor, Dr. Jacobs got up I, I, I've been out of town, so it might have been two weeks ago, on a Sunday morning or I, I don't know when it was, Sunday night, where he mentioned out of Deuteronomy 33.23 about being satisfied with favor. I, I'm sure I've read that a hundred times, but I've never, never seen it. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, my God, I can be satisfied with His favor. So I got in that, and I couldn't remember that, that phrase, so I kept looking at it, kept looking at it. And eventually, I got it memorized, and it's burning in me. And then I'm thinking, oh, what about Psalms 512, that His favor surrounds me as if a shield? And what about Proverbs says that now that I've obtained the, the wife that God wants me, I obtain favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So I'm thinking about His favor being all over me. I'm meditating on it. Now I'm thinking about it and I'm speaking it out of my mouth and all of a sudden these awesome events start happening where I just, where I just said, Father, I need some help here. Just some, and it may seem small. Some things may seem small, but I, I had plans to do something on a Wednesday night while I was out of town. And I said, Father, I really... Someone else said, no, we're going to do this on Wednesday night. And I said, oh, Father, help me. I really don't want to do that. We could do that Thursday. I have this plan that can only happen on Wednesday. And all of a sudden, it just, boom, a couple different things worked out. said, oh, well, why don't you just go do that on Wednesday, and we'll, we'll have dinner on Thursday. Gotcha. Thank you, Father. 
His favor. Why though? Why did that work for me? Because I'd been meditating on it. But how did I know what to meditate on? How did I know to be praising God and thinking about that scripture, trusting on, relying and clinging to that scripture? How did I know that? I knew that because my pastor had had shared it and showed it to me. And it had been something I just, just didn't I just didn't see them say it or preach it, but it's something I've seen them live. And and uh, as an example. And all of a sudden see is what that's doing. That you may not think that's watching out for your souls, but that's watching out for your soul. It's, that, that may not have came in the, uh, the vein of protection, but it came in getting me somewhere that I needed to get. And, um, and even though it sounds funny, I was flying Southwest, and I was boarding Group C. And they, you, don't, you don't get assigned seats with Southwest. You pick a seat, and it's by your boarding group. Board, boarding C means the very last. That means... It, a, B, and C. Groups A are huge. Group B is huge. And group C is like five people. And that means you're going to get in between two really big people or or you're going to get a seat next to the screaming child that no one has. Everybody's... You're going to get that one seat that no one wanted. And uh, and I said, Father, I don't care what happens on the second flight, but today I got a long flight to Chicago from Houston. I just... Give me favor here. I'm asking you to help me. And I thought I was in trouble because this security guard comes up to me with gloves on. Are you on this flight? <laughs> yes, sir, I am. Are you with him? No. Let me see your boarding pass. Let me see your back. Come with me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble. And, uh, and I didn't realize that this was favor working on my behalf. But they searched my bag and they said, okay, you can go ahead and get on. The, a, the boarding group A hadn't even gotten on yet. I was like going to be the 10th dude to get on this plane, and it was wonderful. Before, I was going to be the last dude to get on the plane. So, though it sees things like that seem small, but see, that's God's favor working on me. That's God's favor working for me. Why? Because I'm putting my faith to it. How did I know to put my faith to it? Because my shepherd had led me into that field, led me into that revelation, helping me. Well, praise God. See, it's not all on them. You got to catch it. You got You got your part, but they, they also have their part. But the thing is, see, it's covenant. That's a covenant relationship. When someone's doing their part that God called them to do, and you're doing your part that God called you to do, He set them as the, in the body as your leaders and your shepherds, and He set you in the body to be a supply, to bring your supply, and to be the best member that you can be, to find out what you're supposed to do here in this church, and to do it with the absolute best ability that you can. That's covenant. That's covenant. That's honor. That's honor. Glory to God. Now, let's read this verse again. Obey those who rule over you or lead you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as though who as those who must give account. So they got to give account to Jesus. This would happen during the judgment seat of Christ mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but let's continue on. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. Let this not be a hard thing. But just be compliant. That's what he's saying. Be a good follower. Don't be the sheep that locks up and you got to put a noose around his neck and drag him somewhere. Don't be that kind of sheep. Leading hoof marks in the, in, the, in, the, in the muddy dirt, just big, long, straight lines. Well, he's a good follower. Glory to God. No, you're dragging him. Let them do this, so, do this, do so with joy and not with grief or not as a hard thing, for that would be unprofitable to you. You're not going to get out of it what you're supposed to get out of it. It's not going to be profitable. Well, praise God. Let's look at one more thing. I want to go to Matthew 9. A couple more scriptures, but one more concept here. 
Maybe the last scripture, we'll see. But see, we could even talk about receiving and walking in this relationship and honor and how to honor it. We could, we could go lesson and lesson and lesson and really get into some things. And we may. I'll have to kind of figure out how the Holy Ghost leads me. But, but I hope you're getting something out of this, though. See, it's important that that's the first step is you got to realize that I need this and I need to get in on God's plan and I need to find who he's putting over my life. Uh, you know, my, my dad in 1985, Dr. Jacob started this church and my dad was losing his, losing his wife, losing his marriage, um, you know, had been hooked on everything you could think of and trying to get off drugs, trying to quit smoking, trying to save money, trying to have a career, trying to raise two kids. And, uh, you know, he was 19 and had two boys. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and making like $5.25 an hour. And, uh, and working, working like, I'm talking like maybe, maybe over 100 hours a week, maybe sometimes like 120 hours a week, working, working uh, oh, I don't know, what are you, 38s, and working long shifts, like, you know, over 24 hours at a time, working a lot of, lot of hours, and then sleep for a day and then come back and do it all over again. Did it all the time. And, uh, and we're going to look at what that was here. I'm going to show you something out of the Word. Verse, uh, verse 35 and 36. But see, he, someone said, man, you need the word. Of, he said, I know, that's what I need. I need the word of God. I need someone to show me the word. I need the word. That's the only thing that's going to get my life together. He knew that being raised in church. He said, I, I, I've, got to, I've got to learn how to be a dad. I've got to learn how to be a husband. I'm going to lose everything if I don't get some help. And I know I need the word. And someone said, well, we're having a Bible study in my basement tonight. Why don't you come? And he said, okay, I'm going to come. And uh, uh, they, they, had to, they had to walk through a door, and he had to go down the steps of this basement. And then as he got downstairs, he closed the door at the, at the bottom, but there was still a door up at the top. And he got in there, and Dr. Jacobs was sharing the word, and all of a sudden he began to, to speak in other tongues and prophesy and, and have a tongue and interpretation. And he freaked out. He had never seen anything like that before. And he thought, oh my goodness, I'm down here in a basement with a bunch of weirdos. So he creeped towards the door. And as he went to pull the door open, someone at the top of the steps slammed the door shut. And he couldn't, there was no getting out now. So he just stuck around. And then Dr. Jacobs got into the Word and he said, my God, I found someone who knows this book. And he recognized his connection, recognized his pastor, recognized his shepherd, his overseer. And, uh, and, and begin to move with it, begin to flow with it. And uh, it's begun, uh, you know, my dad's not the pastor. Pastors are pastor. But Brother Les is Brother Les. And it's become a mutual relationship. It's important that you learn to do your part. You don't have to, you, you know, titles and what position you have doesn't, don't make you any more important. It's you being the best you that God called you to be and doing your part the absolute best God called you to do it. That's what's important. Well, praise God, that was worth an extra quarter in the offering. Uh, <laughs> I'm being silly. Verse 30, I know I've been preaching a while, but you can tell I'm full. Matthew 9. Uh, and see, like I said, this will, as I'm preaching, this, those of you who are right, you're going to want to get more right. Those of you that realize and know where you're supposed to be, you're going to look and see how I can get more out of this relationship that God's put me in under an overseer. And then, and I, I, we didn't even get a chance to look at Ephesians 4 yet, but it, it's coming. And maybe not tonight, but it's coming. But let's look at Matthew 9. I'm in Mark. Let me, 
Glory to God. I just like Mark so much. It's full of miracle after miracle, miracle Mark. I just like it. But uh, no doubt, as far as the four Gospels, that is my favorite. And, uh, and you do know that Mark was not one of the twelve, just so you know. Just so you know. I don't know if you know who he was, but he got those stories from somebody, and he wrote it down. Well, praise God, you know who he was. But uh, verse, uh, verse 35, when then Jesus, yeah, this is so awesome, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now look at what he's doing. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36. See, that was pretty awesome in itself, but look at what he's about to say. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now see, Jesus is that he's the actual true shepherd, but when he went to heaven, he ascended on high and gave gifts unto men, and we need the full, all five-fold ministry gifts to the body of Christ for us to be who we're supposed to be. But this right here, that's going to correct the sheep from being scattered, is the ministry of a shepherd, and he gave that to your pastors. He gave that, that ability to keep you from being scattered, he gave that assignment to the shepherds. Because they were like they were they were weary, man. They were uh, they. Ooh, the Greek meaning of that word is harassed. They were harassed and scattered. One, I looked up that word scattered. I think you know what that means. You know, I've seen a, I've seen a bag of marbles thrown out on the ground. They're scattered. But that word just means like it's flung and whatever happens wherever it lands, that's what happens. It's like taking a bag of marbles and just flinging them out there. Now, wherever they go, just think about your, uh, your relationships go that away. Your mind goes that away. Your hormones go that away. Your money goes that away. Your, 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 uh, what's important to you goes that away. Your life is scattered. Not going anywhere. But see, we're called to be going a direction, being shepherded, being led, increasing. That's God's plan is increasing. And that's going to be under who God's called you to be connected to. Hope I helped you tonight. And, and uh, like I said, and I, I, I meant that in no disrespect, but I have seen people connect to someone who was no doubt a man or woman of God, but somehow they didn't find their connection because they continue to live life in a scattered way where they uh, it just don't make any sense why people would make some of the decisions they made that they were connecting themselves to things that were just not obviously not what God wanted and not, not, not God's best because it didn't have the kind of fruit that it should have. And I'm thinking somehow they missed their connection, that they served a man and woman of God for 15 years, 20 years, and then all of a sudden they make decisions and their life just continues to be scattered and in shambles and not producing the kind of fruit it should have. Either they didn't find their connection or that person really was their connection, but maybe that person didn't know how to shepherd them or somehow there was a connection lost. It was broken. And that's just a shame. And, I, and, I, and the thing is, see, that's why it's important that we understand covenant and honor because 
a man and woman of God that are going to give their life to be the absolute best for you and you be the absolute best for them. It's going to make us a tight-knit family. The Bible talks about it. I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but we are, we are to be knitted together. Mm. And every joint supplies. Everything's going to be in full health and full supply and in full movement, or we could even say in revival the way that it's supposed to be when we get connected properly. Well, my, my, we'll have to maybe get there later, but I um, hope I helped you tonight. Just uh, again, I, I didn't even really get into really talking about this relationship. I just really wanted you to, to see how to recognize your shepherd and uh, that it's important that that's what they're called to do. And I didn't even get to, I didn't get to a lot. But man, Jeremiah 23 said, I'm going to have, I'm going to call you to your fold where you're supposed to be. You know, my father-in-law believed for a pastor like Dr. Jacobs for like eight years, I think he said. It was something like that. Like eight years believing for someone. I mean, he had been around in Rochester. There was a lot of Rhema grads. That's like, you know, Brother Hagin, people that preach faith, live faith, act faith, talk faith, you know, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. But somehow, somehow there, there wasn't that connection there that he needed. And, uh, and he was looking for that. And God had to move him to find the right connection where he was supposed to be. Why? Because God had a fold for that family here. And, uh, and praise God. Yeah, praise God. Because, see, now they're important to us just like we're important to them. And uh, praise God. And, you know, sometimes, and I, I'm, I, I'm just going to wrap this up, but just listen to me for a second. You've got to realize, and it's important to know, when someone's not your shepherd. And when that you love them, but losing them and losing a friend that may be not going to be right or not going to go the right direction, that it's more valuable to you to stay with the right people instead of stay with the wrong people. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, for following my pastor, and I say this in no disrespect, but I've had to leave a lot of people. And uh, people that actually were once connected under the same pastors with me here, but now they're somewhere else. And I wanted to stay connected, and they didn't. And so I love them. Even some of them today are still, when they speak to me, something in my spirit grabs hold with them because we were really, really tight. But you know what? We're not going the same direction. Love them, but we're just not going the same direction. Really, I never, in, in just my thinking, I, ne I never would have thought I'd have been as close to Brother Jordan as I am because I grew up with other friends that were just so much, you know, just so tight. But, uh, but the connections I have in this church, Brother Chad's another one. Even some of the older people like Brother Dale. What a, un what a unique, as we've talked about him before, here's a man that's heard it all. He really has. He's heard most of the things I go and share with him. He's heard all that before. He starts grinning and getting all excited like he's never heard it before. And, and it's like, He's been around. He knows it. But it's just, you know, he gets excited. And it's like, man, what kind of people, what kind of think about this church family that God's placed you in? Let's make the most of it. Let's treat everybody with respect. Let's treat, let's treat our pastors with honor and so that we can have the, the, the revival in this house that God wants us to have. Moving in it, flowing in it, moving in things, listening. You know, that's the, that's the main thing you can do to receive a shepherd is listen. Listen and do what they say. Remember we talked about at the beginning. Faith 
is simply acting on the things you're hearing at church, the things you're seeing, the messages you're preaching. The, uh, when you get your devotional out every day, faith food and health food, or Ephesians 1 and 2, and you start acting as if it's real, because it is real, then that's faith. Well, praise God. I hope I helped you tonight. Glory to God. Let's stand real quick.